And now, here's your host of Shaping Success, Wes Tankersley. What is up, everyone? Welcome to Shaping Success. This is going to be the last one uh, before after Christmas. What is up, Nikki? How are you? Since Nikki is here, she is the subscriber. Uh, thank you for hanging out. Uh, thank you for being a Patreon supporter. Thank you for doing all the notes and everything that you do for Shaping Success. You guys don't know, Nikki's pretty much the manager of the clippage. I make them. She makes the notes. She said, I don't even make them. I just put them into a AI tool now, um, which I need to check it out and see what we got going on with that and make sure that it is the right thing. Although I have spent enough money to keep those things going for a while. So that's what it is. Um, I wanted to say thanks for everyone who has been here. Um, this is not going to be the last show of the new year because, or of this year, but it is going to be the last show before Christmas and uh, or before after Christmas. So next week we'll only have four shows because, well, that's it. Chris Cram over on the YouTubeage. Welcome to morning coffee, Chris. Um, you know, the the time, and Nikki is here as well. This is where we sit here and we talk. It's kind of become somewhat of a morning show. And we talk and chat about some of the things that my brain thinks. You know, it's basically just kind of a... a journal of me trying to help other people realize that uh, they can find success just by doing the work because I think that that's a tough thing I think that the hardest part is doing the work or knowing where to start or knowing how to do it and um, it comes with practice you have to practice what you do in order to do it and I the reason why I started doing this in the, every day is because I felt like you know once a week's not really getting me where I want to go so what am I going to do I need to sharpen the sharpen the saw you know and keep on going. And today, what I wanted to kind of talk to you guys about is the fact that um, I was scrolling through my comments on TikTok, thinking about all these things that there is. Ooh, 15-hour brisket. Very nice. Charcoal and wood. That's going to be some work. You got to keep track of that bad boy. Not on the pellet grill. Squirrel. Sidetracked by the brisket talk from Chris Cram. Man. Speaking of that, let's just kind of talk about that. What is everyone's Christmas tradition? What are you doing? What are you doing for Christmas? Um, typically, like in our house, Christmas Eve is a big night. My parents are coming down. Um, my wife's already going uh, going crazy because she hates cleaning the house or she just, I don't know. It's one of those deals. Her family comes over. It's not that big of a deal. My family comes over. She gets all worked up. The house has to be a lot cleaner for my family than in her family. And I don't know why that is. I don't know what the deal is, but um, it is what it is. Um, so my parents decided that they're going to come and they're going to come for Christmas Eve. They're also going to come tomorrow. So tomorrow we're going to treat like, um, what are we doing tomorrow? That's funny. That's interesting. I didn't even think about it. No, tomorrow we're doing we're doing tamales and carne asada. So we're going to treat it like Christmas Eve, and then we're going to treat Christmas Eve like Christmas Day as long, as far as food goes. Um, we typically Christmas Day do like a prime rib, um, which I tried to talk him out of, Chris, and I tried to do a brisket, but he didn't want a brisket. They wanted to continue to do the prime rib. I'm like, man, these prime ribs are like 200 bucks. Um, and he found some special deal and got one, so... He's going to bring it down. It's a bigger one. We only need like four or five ribs, and 
he got a big giant one. He's going to cut out what we need and then turn the rest into steaks. That's where the ribeye comes from, if you didn't know. So Christmas Eve, we're doing rib, uh, prime rib, but then t- uh, tomorrow we're going to do... Uh, they actually started making tamales. We usually buy the tamales. We're going to do carne asada and um, tamales for Saturday, which is like I said. And then Monday, because Christmas is <coughs> on Monday... Excuse me, and everyone's got to work, right, the next day, which is, you know, typically like Christmas. Nice thing is usually have a day off after. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but, uh, yeah, we are going to uh, do a ham. So, yeah, who doesn't want brisket? Oh, very nice. Yep. Ham, ham, ham. It's kind of the way we're going on Christmas Day. But, uh, yeah, the tradition is tamales on Christmas Eve, and, like, we'll either go buy them or something like that. Well, apparently, my dad and mom last year had Christmas by themselves and figured out how to make them or started making them. So they're going to make the tamales. This ought to be interesting. Carne that we buy from a local Mexican market here that's really good. I'll probably have to go pick that up today. Hopefully they are not out. Um but yeah, so anyway, let's let's get on to this little topic here. We'll get through this, and then uh, we'll probably roll out. And like I said, this will be the last one for a couple of days. We're not going to do one on Monday unless I get the inkling to just get up and do it if I'm bored. Because what happens is with me is I, I get up at 4.15 every morning, and I try to sleep in on the weekends, which usually equates to like 5.15 instead of 4.15, a little extra hour of sleep. And then I can't go back to sleep. So maybe, probably not, though, not on Christmas Day. Um, so someone posted on my TikTok, the comments, I love the comments on TikTok. If you comment on TikTok on my feed, if you comment on any of the posts that I make, I I love the comments because I want to do a video response to them. Typically it gives me more reason to talk about different topics and things like that. Um, and I believe it was Melinda, um, who has followed me for a while posted, Something about, you know, you're only as good as the five people that you hang out with or your five closest friends or six closest friends or whatever. And I started to think about that and the idea that it has changed over time. There are so many people that you hang out with. There's so many people that you do things with. And if you think back, you know, I'm 43 and I start to wind back to who the people are that I spend the most time with. And that has changed over time, right? Like when I was, a, when I was in high school, I had two really good friends. They're my best friends. I basically would say I'm still friends with them today. One lives less than a mile away from me. The other one lives in uh, Sun River, Oregon, and I see him rarely. So I'm hoping to see him during Christmas. Uh, you start, you know, this is the time where you kind of connect with people, start seeing what they're doing. Um, and the times that I've tried to connect with him, he's just been busy. He's, you know, we're all, I'm 40, I'm 43. Uh, guy over here is 43. Like I was a, I was friends with these two guys that were a year older than me. So, you know, he's not been married before. He's got engaged recently. You know, that was a, we don't talk a whole lot like we used to. Um, COVID kind of ruined things for that as well because we end up like, we used to go to Sun River every single year and go hang out with him for like a week in the summer. And uh, now we can't do it anymore. But anyway, 
the thought behind the the five people or the top five people or the people that you hang around with that you surround yourself with is something that you need to think about. How has that changed over time? I mean, I graduated high school like 24 years ago, 20 well, more than that. What am I? What did I say? I was 43, 25 years ago. So those were my best friends in high school. What happened with them is they graduated high school and then they went to college. And when they went to college, it kind of left me and I had to find other people to hang out with because that was really what it was. I didn't hang out with a big old giant group of people. I hung out with two people. We would go to someone's house every Friday night, every Saturday night, eat pizza, play pool, talk, you know, whatever. I wasn't your typical like high school kid. And I wouldn't say typical, but there was a lot of other kids that are out partying all weekend long. That wasn't us. Our party was like drinking soda, drinking, eating pizza and playing pool. Um, and then, you know, um, they kind of, they kind of disappeared after that, you know, they were gone. So then I had to find a new group of friends and I had two other friends that were really good friends with for a while. And then, then I graduated high school. Um, and it's crazy how that changes, but everyone has different goals, dreams, heart, uh, and desires. And mine was always like when I was in high school, I was going to go play college football and, and that's what I was going to do. I was going to go to college. And then I got there and I, I flunked out, I failed out. And then I ended up having to work with a different group of people or be around a different group of people. And you end up working with people, being around people that um, push you to do things. And in those early years, I worked at Les Schwab. I changed tires for a living. And it kind of helped me to learn how to be a hard worker. Talk to Chris says, I talked to very few high school people, but my military guys stay in touch. Yep. Your circle really needs to match your ambition. And that's the thing. That's where I was getting with this Les Schwab thing. Like, well, now we have this way of doing things. I mean, Les Schwab was one of those places that kind of reminded me of a team because everyone's working towards this goal of getting like the biggest bonus you can get and they get the biggest bonus. You got to take care of the customers as best you can and you have to do everything you can to make the store look good and get more people coming in and all that stuff. So kind of a sales gig in its own right. And I've always been in sales somehow, some way just didn't really think of it that way until, you know, like my job now specifically is just to sell. That's it. That's all I do. I go to people's houses and sell but we were a team and those are the people that you hang out with. So, you know, you start to go fishing with them. They play sports or anything like that. You do all these things and you hang out with those people and then they kind of radiate on you and they work on you and you end up having kind of the same attitudes about things. And so, you know, that went on for 11 years. I became an assistant manager, decided I didn't really like it and then got injured and went back to school. And then, you know, I kind of lost. One of the things that I didn't like about working at Les Schwab was it never really allowed me the time to be able to do some of the things that I wanted to do. I wanted to be able to coach my kids when they got old enough. I wanted to be able to go to their games. I wanted to be able to do those things if I had kids. And it wasn't really a family-oriented place, even though they said they were family-oriented because they weren't because it's like you take a vacation. No, you can't take one this time. Someone else is taking it. You know, like there was no, hey, can I go home early? No, we're really busy. You can't. Like there was no like, all right, well, we'll make it work for today type of thing going on there. And, but the attitudes were different, right? So I go back to college and I start being around these other people and it changes the way that you think because going into physical education, which was something that I really enjoyed back to sports. And now you're around all these people who want to be healthy. So you start working out 
and you start exercising more and you start playing games more and you start doing those things that you were you're doing before. And what's funny about that is all those people that I was surrounded with when I was working at Les Schwab, who were my friends, you kind of stopped seeing. There was maybe one or two of them that I saw, but you know, we're spending day in the tr- every day in the trenches with those guys, changing tires, working hard, getting stuff going. And now we're not. But your attitude changes. Your thought process changes. And when I graduated or when I graduated from college, I went back to teaching. And then I started hanging out with these teaching people and then coaching and you know, the funny thing is, is from every single situation you're in, you gain a tool from those people that you're around. It could be a good tool. It could be a bad tool. But my tools were always trying to be better, always trying to work harder, always trying to be better today than I was yesterday. Okay. And so when you're around those people, Les Schwab wasn't a bad place to work because we were always trying to do more. We always had a goal. We always working towards being better. Um, certain people's drive was a little bit more than other. And then you gravitate towards those people who have the same type of drive as you and want to be better and want to keep working and want to, you know, have that mentality that you're driven to completely keep going. But I want you to think about that situation. You have people in your life. You have people on your team, right? When I was, I mentioned that I played football in high school. I played sports in high school in general. But you're around these people And if you didn't play a whole lot or if you were, but you were on the team, a lot of times you get in this negative headspace and then you start sitting with that kid who's on the bench with you every single time. Think about how you felt. What did that person say to you? How did they make you feel? How did you feel? Were you the negative one? Were you the one complaining about playing time when you weren't really doing the work to work hard to be able to get in the game? And, and, and that's, what it is, whoever you are around that radiates off of you, it gets you to a point where you start thinking that way. How many times have you been in a situation where it wasn't really that bad, but you start to really feel bad because the other people you were around were like, this is stupid. This is dumb. This is that. And I really got to this point in my life where I started to think that we can sit here and complain a lot. And I think I probably said this last week, but I was listening to Arnold Schwarzenegger's book, which is really good, whether you like him or not. And he was talking about how you get things done. And if you're around a bunch of people who are whining about what's going on, but have no solution to the situation, it's not going to get taken care of. And if you are a problem solving person, it won't get handled. What is it that you bring to the table? You cannot whine things into getting done. You have to have a solution. So whining, complaining, bitching, moaning, doing all those things that it is in order to try and get something done because you're upset about the way something goes never fixes it. So be part of the solution, okay? But if those people that you're around are constantly complaining but never having an answer to the, to the, the problem, you're going to have that negative connotation and you get in that space where you act that way. You 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 gripe, you groan, you complain about everything. <clears throat> and I've always wanted to be solution oriented. And so I can't remember what book it was that I read that was talking about that, but like you just you get in that mode. So when you have problems, when you're around people who all they do is complain and bitch and moan and 
have nothing good to say about it. It's what it is. So think about your life. And this is, this is again, how my brain works. Like I start to think about what the lesson is and everything that happens, what it, any negative thing that happens, anything that, um, goes against what you're trying to do. What's the lesson? Like, did it, was it really helpful? Are those six people in your crew, in your group, in the, in the, and the people that you're around all the time, are they building you up or tearing you down? Are they making the situation better or just complaining? And then start to do a dissection of who you are. What are you doing? How do you react? How do you feel when you're acting that way as well? Because I'll tell you, in my experience, that being around the being around the whiners and the complainers and the people who are not problem solving and just have a problem with everything makes you feel the same way. Okay, so you're so here's a couple quotes that I kind of pulled up when I typed that in in Google just so you can kind of think about it and just and put this into your head. What's up, Joe? Good morning. Over on TikTok, um, you're only as good as the company. You keep, so make it a point to keep good company. And that's that's what someone was talking about this morning on my TikTok. Um, the company of the righteous invites you to goodness. So like, what can you do to be good? Okay. And, it, and it's it's just, you know, you, it's we were talking about church the other day. Yesterday I was sitting at, uh, at our warehouse and I was talking to one of my my coworkers about church and how it gets a bad rap because people don't like, they don't like, it's either they don't like religion or they don't like what it stands for because it feels like everyone's a hypocrite because everyone's judging you for what you're doing when there is only one judge and it ain't you. So of course it gets a bad rap. Of course people don't want to listen to that because why would you want to go somewhere when everyone's telling you everything that you're doing is wrong? When, where are they the person to do what's wrong, you know, whether they want to tell you what's right or wrong. It's not their job. So that's kind of my soapbox today. That's really it. Um, like I said, I wanted to say thank you for everyone. I appreciate you being here because I'm surrounding myself with people like you because I want to be better. I'm not surrounding myself with people who want to complain and whine. And that's just one, one little carrot. So find those people. Think about the six people that you hang out with. Are they building you up? Are they tearing you down? Are they making you feel negative about yourself? Are they making you feel negative about the situation? Are they whiners? Are they complainers? Do you find yourself whining and complaining more than you need to? Which is pretty much more because like you need to find the solution. You need to be part of the answer, not part of the problem. Okay. Look for a solution today. Again, if you want to join the Patreon for as little as $3 a month, you can support the show. Go to westankersley.com. If you're watching on YouTube, I am 10 away from 2,200. It'd be very nice to get to 2,200 subscribers on YouTube today. It is a very tough thing. It's Chris Cram. Thank you for hanging out. Um, he's got a very successful YouTube channel as well. Go check that out. Um, like motorcycles, cars, awesome, awesome, awesome content. He does a really good job with that but you have to cultivate it. And so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get there. Um, but uh, please like, share, review, support the show if you want to via Patreon, subscribe, 
on YouTube so that we can get to that 2200 mark. I wanted to get there today. We're 10 away. So let's see if we can make it happen. Uh, until next time, I challenge you to find the shape of your success.